Hello Team NXT and thank you for listening to the longest running independently produced NXT podcast available. It's that UFP show talking all about the NXT show, the Undisputed Future Podcast episode 103. I am your host, CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for such NXT coverage. I hope everybody out there enjoyed your Thanksgiving weekend and Survivor Series and of course NXT Takeover War Games. I myself took a little bit of a holiday hiatus from the show. I'm recording this on Tuesday, December 3rd. I personally can't believe it is already December. And uh, what a crazy week plus in the world of professional wrestling it has been. I'm going to be riffing on all the most recent happenings in the world of NXT, including NXT War Games at a glance, their success as a brand at Survivor Series, and of course the November 27th edition of NXT. I don't want to get too much into this subject, but it is something I have to mention because it does involve my hero and my idol and somebody who I really look up to in putting out this line of work in Moro Ronaldo. Moro having a little bit of a mental health situation brought upon by some immature tweets by a co-worker that happens to have this unfiltered and no-limit off-topic BS tagline for a podcast produced by the very company that he works for. Kind of like the uh, the illusion that it's shooting from the hip, but you listen to it, and I do listen to it basically for the interviews with superstars because I like hearing certain talents speak, but um, I'm refusing to say this man's name. All I know is that I hope more of the absolute best. I know the November 27th edition of NXT, post-War Games and post the success of Survivor Series, the show did feel a little bit naked without his voice, but I was more than happy to hear Tom Phillips back home at Full Sail University, and I really hope to hear Moro's voice again on the upcoming first edition of NXT of the month of December. So, Moro, in the off chance that this gets to you, I really wish you all of the best, and I'm still looking up for you. Keep being that stigma smasher, and keep doing what you do better than anybody in the professional wrestling game today. What else is there to talk about? Oh, a little something happens called NXT TakeOver War Games, and TakeOvers, guys, it's so hard for me to sit there and take notes because even the slightest bit of taking your eyes off of the action could cost you a big moment in your spectating of such a spectacular event. So I'm just going to shoot from the hip and run down the match card quite quickly. First things first, ladies first, NXT history, pro wrestling history made. We had the first ever women's war games matchup with team Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, the two standout and left alone talents in this matchup by the time everything was said and done, supposed to be teaming with Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Dakota Kai finally brought in as a team pick, as a Bit of what she saw as a last resort, I suppose, when Mia Yim was, at the time, mysteriously taken out by an assailant in the back, and Dakota Kai getting the call to sub in on Rhea Ripley's team, with the initial aspiration to do so from the get-go, wanting to get her hands on Shayna, and all of the bad blood that is built between Dakota Kai and Shayna Baszler. But Dakota Kai decided to manifest this bad blood, and this new, aggressive, attitude and take out a longtime friend, the team 
kick second half. Antigua Knox. Dakota Kai getting the call from the War Games cage decided to turn around and deliver a big boot of a face wash to her friend Tegan Knox. And just leaving, not just the audience in Chicago absolutely stunned, but us sitting at home as well. The intensity of Shayna Baszler and her team was already on display. We saw Kaylee Ray, NXT UK Women's Champion, really shine bright in this matchup. We saw Bianca Belair doing what she does, B-E-S-T, and delivering the athleticism and the strength that we are used to. Io Shirai and Candice LeRae starting off the match and continuing their long blood feud to start off War Games matchup. And I honestly could not think of a more appropriate two to start off this match, considering their match from NXT TakeOver Toronto 2 and what they have done on NXT television in the past number of weeks. So the odds already looking a little bit stacked in Team Rhea Ripley's favor. Against the... T- the odds are stacked against Rhea Ripley and really didn't need this blind assault by Dakota Kai onto Tegan Knox. The boot to the face, the absolutely dismantling of the already history-ridden-with-injury knee of Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox got an absolute beatdown by somebody that she once considered a friend. And this is not too uncommon outside of NXT TakeOvers happening in Chicago. NXT TakeOver Chicago 1, we saw the first split and the this is my moment moment of Tommaso Ciampa turning his back and dismantling Johnny Gargano, which we would know he did all with a pretty much torn off of his bone ACL. So just adding the intensity and showing that the hatred for Gargano was stronger than what he had going on inside of his body. So Chicago in the universe of NXT canon, not a great place for maintaining friendships. And on that note, seeing a lot of comparisons that I agree with as of late, the Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai upcoming rivalry could be a bit of a revisit and a parallel to the DIY split. We've seen the success of Team Kick. We've saw them go up against the Kabuki Warriors in a fantastic women's tag team title matchup just a few weeks back on NXT TV. We saw them with success over two out of the four members of the Four Horsewomen in Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir, the Queen's Army, also very close to Shayna Baszler. I also apologize for my tone. I'm kind of fighting a cold, which was also brought upon by the, uh, the bit of a holiday hiatus I had. So Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, a rivalry to look forward to in this women's division, something like the Gargano and Champa rivalry, that there's no title involved in this moment. There's no title involved in this history, and quite frankly, it doesn't need it, but I could definitely see the NXT Women's Championship finding its way once the diabolical reign of the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, does come to an end. I do see Dakota and Tegan Knox delivering some great singles matchups. I see this rivalry continuing through and through. I see Tegan Knox and that reoccurring knee injury upcoming When it comes to Dakota Kai, Dakota Kai knows her better than anybody in the NXT women's locker room. So picking apart Tegan Knox one by one and showing that Dakota Kai is no longer an afterthought in this division. We did see some evidence of that on the November 27th edition of NXT. Going to dive back into this just a little bit later. 
Just wanted to get some initial thoughts out there. Fantastic setup. Incredible heel turn. As much as it was expected to happen, we've seen this goodness of Dakota Kai come through. When she did keep her word in having Miyams back in that War Games Advantage ladder match. You saw her standing tall with her teammates of Team Rhea Ripley over the past number of weeks. So this was a shock to my system. And I'm sure I could speak upon the behalf of everybody listening to me and those who have watched the NXT War Games event. So Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae stranded 4-on-2 advantage to Team Shayna Baszler. But how about the heart of Candice LeRae? How about the toughness of Rhea Ripley able to overcome this advantage and Rhea Ripley delivering a handcuffed riptide to Shayna Baszler to pick up this victory. It was one of those moments that Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae aren't trapped in there with Shayna Baszler and her teammates. They were trapped in with the tough cupcake and the nightmare of the NXT women's division. So Rhea Ripley coming out with the victory despite the handicap advantage. Loved this match. Loved some of these incredible moments that were featured in this match. Candice LeRae, Poison Rana from the top. Bianca Belair doing what she does best. The athleticism and the handsprings and all of the hardcore toughness brought upon by the weapons that Rhea Ripley did promise on that aforementioned Unfiltered After the Bell podcast sponsored by WWE Podcasting Network. We saw all of the things that were promised going into this matchup. A history-making moment and, of course, the Io Shirai high-risk moonsaults. Quite frankly, just the moments I've been looking forward to since that match and these teams were announced. But Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae would walk out and survive war games, first ever women's war games, with a victory. Triple threat match that would prove an incredible feat for Survivor Series. We saw the TakeOver debut of Damian Priest. We saw the monstrosity brought out once again in Killian Dane. And we saw Pete Dunne walk away with a number one contendership for Adam Cole's NXT Championship the very next night at Survivor Series. I want to give props to both of these matches. The triple threat match was high-paced, high-intensity, highly entertaining. Pete Dunne, being the opportunistic competitor that he is, would pick up the victory after a vicious senton and bomb dropped by Killian Dane. Dunne able to cover Damian Priest, able to outsmart and be that championship caliber opponent for these two men that we know of the longest reigning WWE United Kingdom champion in history so far and a longest reigning champion in this modern era of wrestling. And why not kill two birds with one stone? The Dunn and Cole NXT Championship match, a standout on a stacked Survivor Series card. I have never seen the bitter ends countered so uniquely with that Panama Sunrise. The last shot would seal the victory for Adam Cole and still your NXT champion. Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era still standing tall after this weekend. Roderick Strong picking up another very similar ending in that triple threat match between him, Shinsuke Nakamura, Intercontinental Champion, and at the time, AJ Styles, United States Champion. Great triple threat match as expected. Three of the hardest worker and three of the most three of the most high caliber in-ring competitors that we can expect in all of WWE 
across all three brands. Definitely three of the standout wrestling talents across the board. Roderick Strong able to steal another triple threat victory. Very similar along the lines of how he was able to survive Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic a few weeks back to retain his North American Championship. This time, it was for bragging rights of his brand, NXT. O'Reilly and Fish, unfortunately not getting the win, and unfortunately on the kickoff show for this triple threat tag team matchup, might as well dive into Survivor Series just a little bit. While I'm on the subject of Roderick Strong and the Undisputed Era, Fish and O'Reilly deserving the win there, but the Viking Raiders continuing their path of destruction as the Raw Tag Team Champions able to pick up that victory in a match that I thought should have been featured on the main card. But you got to look at things from an outsider's perspective. What's going to hook that in-house audience and triple threat tag team action of three of the best in the world with Fish and O'Reilly, the Viking Raiders, and the New Day? Got to look at things from an outsider's perspective, not just a television viewer of what deserves to be placed where. Moving up the card of TakeOver War Games, though, we did see another incredibly high-tensity and action-packed match between Matt Riddle and Finn Balor. Finn Balor getting what me and Sin City Brett discussed on my War Games Predictions show. Shout-out to Brett once again for calling in and joining me for a War Games Prediction segment. Finn Balor with success in his return to the NXT ring to the NXT TakeOver stage, but Matt Riddle proving that he is one of the most high-caliber combat athletes in the world today, really taking it to Finn Balor, but Balor, the prince returning, and the prince's attitude, definitely a driving force of aggression and able to bring him to new heights and able to bring Matt Riddle sky-high, stoner pun, completely intended there, folks, for the 1916 Bloody Sunday DDT, sealing the victory for Finn Balor. Matt Riddle's NXT TakeOver record, not exactly in the winning ways to this point in his NXT career, but it does not stop him from having some of the best matches available on the card. Him versus Roderick Strong, great match. Riddle versus Dream, another one. Just Matt Riddle's TakeOver resume is definitely nothing to shrug at, but... I'm sure he would like to get that record back up in the winning percentile or at least back up to an even 500. Last but certainly not least, Undisputed Era taking on Team Champa of Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and that special surprise guest teammate avoiding getting locked up in the cage as well, Kevin Owens. Discussing a little bit back also on that NXT War Games prediction show, I had a theory, an Austin theory, of who could really shine in a TakeOver debut like this. John Morrison's name was thrown around, but just getting confirmed tonight that that John Morrison signed with the WWE. So uh, we're still waiting to see what brands, where he's going to stand out, this, that, and, uh, and the other thing. Recording this really late on uh, on a Tuesday here, kind of splitting this up in a separate, couple separate parts here, picking up some part in the afternoon and some part in the evening. But watching this, recording this after WWE backstage, I should say Morrison officially announced as a return. So uh, the takeover stage was not on the cards at the time. But Kevin Owens making his long-awaited return to NXT, still tearing things up on Monday Night Raw. But Kevin Owens getting his hands on Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era after that beatdown 
and that little bit of power struggle between Adam Cole and Triple H. Really a lot of good storytelling and callback to Kevin Owens' time in NXT. And Kevin Owens doing what he does best. The big man, athleticism, unexpected, and that definitely showed some parallels with his teammates in Keith Lee and Dijakovic. These guys are doing what men of their size should not be able to do. Kevin Owens, a welcome back to NXT and able to lead Team Champa to victory for the most part, but Tommaso Champa taking things to new heights, literally, and in his own hands, also literally, the air raid crash from the top of the War Games structure after some unbelievably terrifying table spots to the other members of Undisputed Era, Adam Cole getting the worst of this one, crashing through the table from the top of the structure of the cage, and Adam Cole would be defeated by Tommaso Ciampa, Tommaso Ciampa getting a victory over the NXT champion, so Rhea Ripley and Tommaso Ciampa already have their proving ground for why they deserve a shot at those respective champions. Loved NXT TakeOver War Games. I know I'm just doing this a little bit at a glance, but there's just some things you can't put into words. There's some things I just couldn't take notes on. Really shooting from the hip here. Just a whole lot of action going on that particular Survivor Series weekend. Great night of action. Great two nights of professional wrestling. And I could not be happier as a fan for the brand of NXT. NXT would get the win. At Survivor Series and the bragging rights over Raw and SmackDown, proving that they are just as much of the main roster as we have all been led to believe after the past. I'm sure for some people it's been a few weeks, I'm sure for others it's been months, but personally, and I'm sure there's more of us out there, it's been years where NXT has been the main roster, it has been our main attraction of WWE programming, definitely proving that point, walking out of Survivor Series with those victories. If there's anything I missed about War Games, if there's any questions you want to throw at me, if there's any talking points about Survivor Series, I know those two shows are kind of old hat and we've seen the recap we've seen the recap and we've heard I'm sure other talented pro wrestling podcasts out there discussing these shows as well. But hit me up with any discussion topics. What do we see coming out of War Games? What do we see leading from Survivor Series, particularly the Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai? Rivalry, definitely a talking point I see coming to the forefront over the next number of weeks of NXT action. Let's jump into that November 27th edition of NXT television. The Undisputed Era would interrupt a celebration of the NXT roster led by Josiah Williams. And how fucking talented is Josiah Williams? Not too much profanity drops on this show, but when you got a guy as stoked to be a part of NXT as you see Josiah and the musical ability that this man is capable of, he stood out to me right away. I had been familiar with his work pre-TakeOver 25, but being able to witness that entrance for Adam Cole live and in person and just seeing the passion he not only has for wrestle and flow, for wrestling or music, but for those two worlds to collide Josiah is absolutely an icon in my book, delivering the fire and exactly what we want in a personality to shine on NXT TV. However, Undisputed Era, in Undisputed Era fashion, in Adam Cole's only no way he knows how, 
saying that the success is due because of the Undisputed Era and their accolades. Meanwhile, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, Matt Riddle, all these gentlemen would be holding down the ring. They say that Lee and Dijak are taking the tag team titles and Ciampa with a statement that no one will stand in his way from getting Goldie back. Bauer making his entrance known, making his presence felt, saying that he is the one standing in the way of Tommaso Ciampa. The prince has met his king. Has he? Has he really? Tommaso Ciampa and Finn Bauer would be our NXT TV main event for this evening. But championship stakes would come first and foremost. Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic using their bad blood to build towards respect when they would take on Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. It would be size and strength versus the undeniable chemistry of the Undisputed Era. And this undeniable tag team chemistry takes many forms. Bobby Fish, unfortunately, injured at the offset, at the onset, whatever word I'm shooting for, at the onset of this matchup, Kyle O'Reilly be thrown outside of the ring. Right, excuse me, Fish would be thrown outside of the ring onto Kyle O'Reilly, causing, I don't know if it was concussion-based, I don't know if it was another nagging knee injury, Bobby Fish has an incredibly rough injury resume moving up and down his history in NXT. I just want a healthy Bobby Fish. I just want Undisputed Era at 100% fighting form. You figure Fish was able to survive all of this and the kitchen sink coming out of TakeOver War Games and just, just an untimely tag team title match injury. Not something you want out of one of the most dominant teams and one of the most well-gelled teams in all of pro wrestling at this point. But Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong would revive their NXT Tag Team Title Championship reign and bring that chemistry back. Roderick Strong tagging in on the behalf of Bobby Fish. No prep, still in slacks. Fun facts, if you want to know a little bit too much about your favorite NXT podcast hosts, Roderick Strong and myself rock the same pair of boxer briefs. Calvin Klein proving that they are undisputed. Roddy, not missing a beat though. Doesn't matter what attire he's wrestling in, he is still the high cardio, high intensity, in-ring competitor that we know him to be. The history at Tag Team Champs was not at all lost coming into and of course out of this matchup. Fish taken out, Strong tagging in, Strong and O'Reilly picking up just where they left off as a tag team unit, the North American champion and the one half of the NXT Tag Team Champion able to free bird rule and walk out with the victory after a total elimination. And just a couple moments to match in this, the eyes locking between Dijak and Lee would cause a hockey fight across both teams. You gotta kind of wonder after a moment like that, is the respect fully there? Do they still see each other as competitors standing in each other's way? But some moments did deliver some great chemistry. Dijakovic using Lee as a weapon, suplexing Lee on to Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. The dominoes 
possibly beginning to fall at that moment for the Undisputed Era. If these two big men are working on the same page, that's a bit of danger for the NXT Tag Team Division. The feats of strength by Lee and Dijak able to handle both Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong at the same time. These two men incredibly impressive as a unit. I love how the parallel between Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch with their incredible in-ring rivalry has blossomed again into a tag team in the form of Lee and Dijakovic. Really enjoyed this matchup, but the standout moments for me didn't take place in the ring. No, no, no. It took place outside of the crowd when the NXT champion Adam Cole would try to distract and try to diverge and take this match off course. But pounce for the ounce. Pounce in so much ounces, it might as well have been a gallon. Or for those of you using the metric, I really don't... Kilogram? More pounce to the kilogram, more pounce to the ounce, however you want to look at it. Lee launching Adam Cole into at least the fourth row of Full Sail University. I can already tell you that I have lost count of how many times I have watched that GIF online. Incredibly entertaining stuff. It even took Dijakovic and took his attention away from a team like Fish, like I keep saying Fish and O'Reilly. I'm just so used to Red Dragon working in one force, one tandem. Undisputed Era as a whole and healthy, strong, and O'Reilly, able to deliver the total elimination, which I'm not sure if this is intentional by commentary. I'm not sure if the actual name of the move has been lost on some of the people sitting at ringside, but it's called total elimination. Don't dumb it down to a high-low. We know one attacks high and one attacks low. We could figure that just from watching the move. Total elimination. It's been that name since their Japan and World Travel Tag Team success days. And in the Undisputed Future podcast book, it's going to stay that way when I'm calling the shots. Point being the point, O'Reilly and Strong able to pick a moment and pick up the W for the Undisputed Era. And talking about Keith Lee, I can't believe I didn't mention this in my brief coverage of Survivor Series. It was a career-making weekend for Keith Lee. Yes, inc- incredibly impressive for the TakeOver War Games, War Games match. But Keith Lee, the sole survivor for Team NXT, the man who took Rollins and Reigns to the limit in his abilities. Keith Lee coming up just a bit short against Roman Reigns, but not before delivering an incredible powerbomb to a large Samoan to a top guy like Roman Reigns. Keith Lee had a career-making weekend, getting a show of respect from the big dog, and I thought that Keith Lee could not have a better weekend, and I really do see good things and big things coming for the big man in the weeks to come on NXT TV. It's already kind of been written in stone that once the prophecy does come to an end, and I'm not hoping it's anytime soon, Don't take it that way. I love seeing a faction with all the gold standing at the very top of the helm of NXT TV with one so successful and talented as the Undisputed Era, but it's kind of written in the stars based on history and the current rivalries landscape that Lee or Dijak will be the one to take the North American Championship 
from Roderick Strong. This, of course, depending on how often Roddy's going to have to step in there and defend the NXT tag titles as well. But I do see Keith Lee, at this very moment in time, being the one to become the next North American champion and possibly be the first domino to fall in the world of the Undisputed Era. Moving into women's action, though, we would see a interview with Candice Corey, who was shocked and appalled by the actions of Dakota Kai. You're going to hear this joke a lot from me in the coming weeks, folks, so I might as well prepare you now. Dakota, why? Is the question on all of our minds coming out of TakeOver War Games. Tegan Knox will get her hands on Dakota, but this week on NXT, the pissed-off big sister of Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, would get her hands on, on Dakota Kai, in a match I'll be discussing in just a matter of moments. Glossing over one, uh, I'm really just discussing this one for the Star Wars reference made by Beth Phoenix. The scruffy nerf herder, the Australian Shane Thorne, getting a Han Solo comparison by Beth Phoenix, was my favorite moment in this matchup. Taking on the crown jewel and Saudi events undefeated Mansoor. Mansoor, however I'm supposed to pronounce it. Uh, Shane Thorne looking to continue his success and the fellow success of Australians Rhea Ripley, who I discussed in long form, and Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy even picking up a couple wins on Monday Night Raw most recently. So Shane Thorne looking to continue a certain pattern in the world of the Aussies. Unable to do so. Uh, not really much to say in this matchup. I thought it was pretty short. I thought there was a lot of quick offense and back and forth, but Mansoor able to deliver some quick offense, a slingshot neckbreaker, and pick up the W. So Mansoor continuing his success in uh, in the WWE world. As of this point, I think Shane Thorne deserves just a little bit better, but you really can't get much better than being compared to Han Solo in my book. Not really much else to uh, to tell on that tale there. So now let's talk about LeRae versus Kai. Dakota Kai getting new music, new attitude, and taking a trophy in the form of that Tegan Knox knee brace. This is sick. This is sadistic. This is a heel turn. This is exactly what NXT heel turns when you turn on your partner involve, I guess, because Tommaso Ciampa with some history of his own involving a knee brace. A knee brace being a standout instrument of destruction in Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa matchups. So we've seen a knee brace in friendships dissipating in the world of NXT before, but Dakota Kai carrying out a trophy to deliver this entrance on this edition of NXT TV. I thought it was great. Dakota Kai, a little bit more intensity and a mean streak delivered in these kicks tonight. And of course, tonight, I mean the November 27th edition of NXT. The kicks with a little bit more of a mean streak, even a locking Candice LeRae in the ropes and delivering headshots after headshot to LeRae. Dakota Kai proving not to be an afterthought in the world of NXT Women's Division action. Candice LeRae would get her shots in to stand up for Tegan Knox. There's some Apron, belly-to-back action, just... We've heard it once, we've heard it a thousand times. The hardest part of the ring, and that's not kayfabe, folks. The iron metallic bars 
that your spine crashes onto. I don't know what it feels like. I can't imagine what that does feel like. But the pain shooting through both Loray and Kai's body has to be paralyzing. This match would continue, Loray looking for retribution, but unable to get it. Instead, she would get a brace to the face by Kai on a suicide dive. Couple rhymes in there for you folks. Kai's ruthless beatdown on Loray. From the stairs to the post, to the stairs to the post. Kai, just with this hatred that we never thought we would see out of the captain of Team Kick. And it would continue. Loray would be almost a victim of a steel chair beatdown. But here comes Rhea Ripley, leaping out of the air like Bruce Lee delivering a flying sidekick to a steel chair. I've never seen a superstar in the women's division, especially, disarmed like Kai was. Rhea Ripley's big boot and a big, vengeful, filled stare would scare Dakota Kai enough to chase her out of the arena for now to help Candice LeRae. Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae's chemistry is duly noted by this point of NXT television. They were the two who were able to overcome the numbers odds and walk out of war games with success and a victory. So so Rhea and LeRae's friendship, I'm not sure how Rhea feels about having people called her friends. Her Acquaintances that she happens to be on the same page as. Let's go with that one. Regardless, Rhea standing up for Loray. Rhea with a determined look to get her hands on Dakota Kai, which will happen on the December 4th? December 4th. Gotta get my dates straight here. Edition of NXT. Um, More action here for the Cruiserweight Championship. Leo Rush versus Akira Tozawa. Akira Tozawa, a Raw superstar, but I will never complain about seeing him in the Cruiserweight title picture. Fast and furious action, as the Cruiserweights are known to do it. Not just a great movie franchise that I'm a fan of, despite how many freaking movies they decide to put out, but fast and furious is the key phrase to describe the Cruiserweight Championship action, and a key phrase for anybody who wants to hear me continue to discuss cruiserweight action we would see two great talents tozawa looking to rebound from some unsuccessful action on raw i'd mentioned buddy murphy earlier buddy murphy able to get the victory over kira tozawa that week that week on monday night raw rush looking for a successful title defense for the second time in four days and if there's one thing i love that the NXT umbrella absorbing the Cruiserweight Championship has brought us, it has been frequent title defenses. Leo Rush able to rebound and get himself back on TV for WWE, and he is earning his stripes while being the Cruiserweight Champion. Rush with an incredible series of title defenses against Angel Garza in a triple threat match at Survivor Series. He has been a workhorse for the Cruiserweight division, and I've enjoyed each of the matchups he has been a part of since winning that Cruiserweight championship from Drew Gulak. Intense, intense moments in this matchup. Some dangerous, dangerous looking spots. Akira Tozawa delivering suplex to Leo Rush. German off the apron to the outside. Are you kidding me? How is anybody surviving that without walking away with a few bumps and bruises? Absolutely great back and forth action here. Leo Rush able to walk away with the victory with what what has been since Eddie Guerrero and Rob Van Dam might be my favorite 
Frog Splash and the Biz right now. It's between Leo Rush and Montez Ford. It feels like each and every week I'm saying that's the best Frog Splash I've seen. And then I'll see it on NXT by Leo Rush after seeing it on Monday nights by Montez Ford. It goes back and forth, but those two gentlemen get so much air and so much extension. And they sell the collision with their opponent's body in such a way that you could tell it knocks the wind out of them. But they're able to rebound and able to get back on track to secure the victory, whether it be for their team or to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. Leo Rush continues his success as the Cruiserweight Champion. NXT absorbing 205 Live. Let's see what fully comes of that. Not sure what the status of 205 as a program is has become. I know one week it was canceled. I'm pretty sure one week it was able to bounce back. I got to do my own fair share of catch-up because I am a big-time fan of Cruiserweight action. Cruiserweight wrestling is what initially got me into cruiser- into professional wrestling, being a long-lifetime WCW fan. Rey Mysterio is my first and favorite wrestler, and I think it's it's still that way to the to this very day. Name the show after Seth Rollins, probably my favorite current day talent, but if we're talking all time, Rey Mysterio, and if we're talking what action I look forward to the most, it is definitely the high-flying action of a Cruiserweight Championship defense, and Leo Rush has been able to bring that to the table, and I'm really happy to see the NXT Cruiserweight Championship defended with such frequency. Another match going to talk about in short form, Vanessa Bourne looking to get a little bit of redemption of her bad and bougie compadre in Aaliyah against Zia Lee. Zia Lee delivering that vicious kick, and if you haven't seen the picture of Aaliyah on WWE social media or on Aaliyah's personal Instagram account, go ahead and check that out. It is bad, it is brutal, it is bloody, and boy, you do not want to take a kick to the face by Zaya Lee. Vanessa with a vision of retribution, Zaya Lee would bring the aggression that her teammate felt. However, Shayna and company would appear after Zaya Lee able to get the victory with a big kick. Queen's Army jumps Zaya Lee, gets fought off until Baszler would absolutely bludgeon Zaya Lee. This would give Shayna time to gloat about her Survivor Series win and her success and claims that she is the reason to celebrate. The crowd wants Rhea Ripley, though, and they got Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley already being the defender of Candice LeRae, proving that she is a competitor to Shayna Baszler. Sorry about that, folks. A little abrupt on saying the champion's name there. I uh, had to answer the door. We've got many, uh, many holiday packages being delivered at this time of the year. Rhea, with a reminder... That she won at War Games. Despite Shayna's success in the main event of Survivor Series, Shayna did suffer a loss that weekend. And Rhea, with a bold statement that next time it will be for the title. Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. This has been something in the making for a number of weeks at this point. So I'm already anticipating when, where, how, when will it happen. I think there's a little bit more bad blood and a little bit more few things to be fleshed out. It could happen on NXT TV. Remember, the next NXT TakeOver from Portland will not be taking place until February. 
What we see at the Worlds Collide pay-per-view in January, also kind of up in the air right now. There's an emphasis on NXT versus NXT UK. So it does kind of fit the mold there, because Rhea Ripley, as we know, was the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. So if Rhea Ripley could face for the NXT Women's Championship at an event where NXT UK is so prominently featured, being their first ever champion and looking to be the first women to hold both of these NXT Women's Championships, I kind of see it fit in the mold there. It could be rushed and kind of used as a ratings boost to the NXT television live on Wednesdays as well. Or if we could keep this as a slow burn, Wait until February, but I don't see it happening. I don't see it waiting until all the way in February. I really do see Rhea Ripley challenging for the NXT Women's Championship sooner rather than later. Moving into the main event, we did see a couple interviews with Tommaso Ciampa and Balor respectively. Balor would speak on Balor saying that Balor can call himself the priest, the demon, or whatever. But Tommaso Ciampa is the real one who made the NXT Championship prestigious. Calling out the longest reigning NXT champion of all time and saying that he was still the man to make that title means what it does today. The gall of Tommaso Ciampa and the confidence behind the Blackheart. That really does say something and how much he truly loves what he has done as the champion. Finn Balor would fight back and say, Ciampa is living in my world. It's a dark place. Johnny Gargano and Matt Riddle learned that the hard way. Champa would meet the Prince in the main event. And the Prince is different than what we've seen on the main roster. The Prince is different than even the manifestation of the Demon. There's something that is clicked with the quote-unquote human side of Finn Balor. That he is looking to assassinate and take out each and every one of these men that step in front of him at this point in time. And back on NXT could not be more of a welcome place for Finn Balor to deliver these great moments. An aggressive main event by two of the most prominent NXT champions of all time, longest reigning, and the best rivalry featured for that championship against Johnny Gargano. Very back and forth, but definitely not without controversy. We've seen the new side of Finn Balor. We've seen a lot of of intensity out of Tommaso Ciampa just because Tommaso Ciampa has an injury return and an incredible heart-wrenching brings a tear to your eye documentary on the WWE Network doesn't mean that his tactics in the ring are going to change doesn't mean that the clapping for yourself and patting yourself on the back is going to go anywhere from the former NXT champion daddy's home and he wants to prove that he is here for the long haul Knee after knee by Tommaso Ciampa, action on the outside, action on the inside. It would happen all over Full Sail Arena. Adam Cole would interfere for a second match tonight. You would think our NXT champion learned his lesson after getting pounced from Orlando all the way up to, or all the way down, I don't know Florida's geography enough to make that analogy, but he got launched into the fourth or fifth row of the Full Sail Faithful. You figure Adam Cole would be out of action and out of interfering in matchups for this evening. But no, the title would be brought into the ring. Balor would land Tommaso Ciampa on the title for just a two count. And as the referee disposes of the title, Adam Cole would kick Ciampa 
and Bauer would plant a 1916 Bloody Sunday DDT for the victory. And I'm really loving that the Prince and the heel side of Finn Bauer is using a devastating elevated DDT and not the spectacle of an aerial maneuver like the coup de gras. There's more intensity, there's more violence, there's more intent to harm your opponent when you're driving them from sky high right onto their noggin. So I love this change in moveset by Finn Balor. I love what the 1916 DDT brings to his arsenal and to his character as well. Champa is out for the count. He's down, he's laying. And just when you think Adam Cole and Finn Balor would be on the same page, just when you think a little bit of that Japanese United Front history moment would go through. Just when you think Finn Balor is possibly a hired gun for the Undisputed Era, maybe even being offered an armband sometime in the future for himself. Not true. Another Pele kick heard around the world. Sound familiar? It looks familiar. Balor delivering a Pele kick strike to the head of Adam Cole, and Balor would be the one to leave and walk out of NXT with his hands and head held high at this point in time. Balor leaves them all laying, and Finn Balor is out for business for himself. The Prince stands beside nobody. He stands at the top of the mountain alone. He proves that he is the royalty of NXT for a reason. He was that longest reigning champion. He did help and build the brand what it is today. How he main evented the largest takeover outside of Full Sail for the first time. When Barclays Center hosted NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1, it was Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Balor is one of the talents that brought this brand and put it on the map in the world of professional wrestling. So Balor deserves a spotlight. He deserves this moment and he wants to prove that he is returning to be the face of this brand. What's coming in the future for Finn Balor? How will the NXT World Championship landscape, yes it is a world championship, it's been defended here, here being the United States. Finn Balor won it in Japan from Kevin Owens. It's been defended at NXT TakeOver London. It is a world travel championship. It's been a point I've mentioned many times in the archives, but it's worth repeating when the phrase comes up. Finn Balor looking to prove that he put this brand on the map for a reason. What will the Undisputed Era have to say about these actions? What will Tommaso Ciampa be delivering in the form of another shot towards Finn Balor or the Undisputed Era? What's the NXT Tag Team Championship landscape going to be? Is Bobby Fish okay? Really hoping for some great things this upcoming week of NXT action. We do have confirmed that Rhea Ripley will be facing Dakota Kai in a match of retribution. Cannot wait to see what kind of new tactics Dakota Kai brings against a larger opponent in Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley looking for redemption and proving that she did not choose Dakota Kai for a reason. At an at the, initial decision, at the initial decision point for TakeOver War Games, these two women with a lot of venom in their veins for each other, I cannot wait to see what the team captain of War Games picks up against the one that betrayed her partners. 
Tegan Knox, Tegan Knox hoping for another speedy recovery and return to NXT television. Maybe that's something to look out for in this match with Rhea Ripley, but the slow burn and keeping Tegan off NXT TV, I just got a feeling that it will continue. Enough rambling on. Thank you so much for listening. Going to wrap things up here. Thank you for listening to episode 103. Be sure to follow the show at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. My main form of communication with all of Team NXT. I don't just talk one brand. I talk all things across the board of professional wrestling. So reach out. The conversation is good. Shout out to all of the podcasts that I have interacted with over these past number of weeks. Be sure to tune in to the Wrestle Hub's Professional Wrestling Podcast Awards, sponsored and hosted by The Rant, another great group of talented East Coast United States representatives in the pro wrestling podcasting network world. Big ups to those guys on how hard they've been working, and thank you to Wrestle Hub for hosting this event again. And thank you to all of you guys listening out there who voted for the Undisputed Future podcast as the best solo podcast or the most informative, or podcast of the year. If you voted for me in any of those categories, I could not thank you enough. I really couldn't imagine when the show first started in Nikki Six's garage, Nikki Stunner's garage, whatever I'm supposed to be calling them, that it would go to over 100 plus episodes, to all of these positive interactions I've had with other shows, and to be nominated for such a great social award. So thank you to everybody listening. Uh, follow the Instagram, Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. Been slacking on there a little bit recently. Been slacking on Facebook recently, but go ahead and give that a like as well. Not the first time you've heard me slacking on Facebook. Not a, not one of my favorite platforms for social media anyway. Thank you for listening, however you're listening, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, if that's still relevant, Google Podcasts, Google Play Store, Stitcher, Wherever the RSS feed is available, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, if I'm background noise while you're working, if I'm keeping your company on a commute to work or to school, thank you so much for giving me your time, and thank you so much for loving this NXT brand as much as I do. I'm CD Danny Mac. This has been episode 103 of the UFP show, all about the NXT show. Have a great week, wrestling fans. I'll be sure that I'm recording this one a little bit later than I would like to, so I'm going to pick up the motivation. I'm going to record episode 104 directly after the December 4th edition of NXT television, and I will not keep you guys waiting much longer for a new episode. Two episodes, one week. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great, great day, all. I will talk to you next time.